in our practice, we don't want you to show that you're proving to us that you can do the skill. We want you to show us that you're improving on the skill. Welcome to the Covering All Bases podcast, where we're going to discuss everything that baseball and softball players and parents need to know in order to play at the next level, whether that be high school, college, or professional. This podcast is hosted by me, TJ Moffitt, professor of kinesiology and baseball strength and conditioning coach at Cal State Bakersfield and owner of Moffitt Training Systems, and Bobby Mattia, the owner of the Bakersfield Baseball Academy and Bakersfield Braves Baseball Club. We would like to welcome Matt Packer as the first guest on the Covering All Bases podcast. Matt is an alumni of the Bakersfield Baseball Academy. He graduated from Stockdale High School, played college baseball at Chapman University, Taft Junior College, and Miami University of Ohio. After completing his playing career, Matt began coaching at the IMG Academy, later became a graduate assistant at DeSales University, then moving on to Post University, where he became the recruiting coordinator and is now a coach in the Baltimore Orioles organization. Matt has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to learning and developing as a player and as a coach. I hope you enjoy the episode. So sitting here with Matt Packer and uh, just having memories him and I were kind of reminiscing with TJ and talking and kind of want people to hear, you know, Matt's uh, journey, I think more than anything. Matt, um, you know, talking about your approach, like when you went into high school, like what were your goals? What was your thought process? Yeah, I mean, I uh, going into high school, I went to Stockdale High School. At the time, it was uh, one of the, the powerhouse programs in town. Um, my, my goal was to make the JV team and... Uh, that, that didn't happen. I made the Frosh Soft team, which was one of the best things that ended up happening. I got to play every game, got to pitch. I wasn't a pitcher. I had some great coaches that just made the game fun. Um, and it, it was a really just fun time and, and kept me interested in baseball. Um, after that, I was probably one of the most undersized kids in the program at Stockdale at the time, going in my sophomore year was just hoping to, you know, be on JV, play on the JV team. Um, but, you know, again, that, that didn't really happen. I was the smallest kid on the team and uh, I got to play, but not as much as I played on the freshman team, which was, was really hard. Um, and going into that season after uh, the varsity team actually won Valley Championship. So going into my junior year, I kind of saw the writing on the wall and realized that I was not going to play my junior year. And maybe if I was lucky enough, I'd play my senior year. Um, and that, that was really hard. Um, at times it made me think about not playing baseball anymore or playing golf instead because they were the same time. Um, but just having the constant uh, pushing out here at BBA, getting to play in the summers and in the falls and getting to develop kept me wanting to continue to play uh, and try to make the varsity team my senior year and actually play. Um, and my senior year, I, I got to play every day at second base. Um, we didn't repeat as Valley champions, but I got to play. Uh, I don't remember what accolades I got, maybe all county or whatever it is. doesn't really matter. Um, but I got to make the most out of my high school career, always being kind of the smallest one uh, on the team. And it, it was fun. It was fun. I have great memories and I have uh, good teammates from, from high school, but I think majority of my 
baseball friends were from playing out at UVA. And as we as we sit here and reminisce and stuff, like we tease about uh, Matt's, you know, we'll just refer to it as his journey, you know, whatever he wants to call it. I don't care. But we'll always bring up, you know, the kids that were awesome, you know, when you were 12, 13, 14 years old. And, and you know, this guy, you know, he's going to be a big leaguer and this guy is going to be, you know, he's going D1. It's UCLA, you know, he's doing all this stuff. And when Matt was going through high school, you know, where did those guys end up? Do we even remember? Like, I, I, I don't. Um, you know, there's always the few, but I think one of them, you know, might have just signed locally Division One Cal State Bakersfield. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but that, you know, I was definitely not that player. And that's actually why I ended up coming out to play for Bob when I was 12 years old, because I wasn't good enough to play on the big club teams in town. And, uh, came out and started playing for Bob when I was 12 and we didn't even have a team. So I had to play up with the older boys. Um, but those, those other kids that went 12, 13, 14, there's a few that make it through, but I can't remember too many of them that actually became what everyone thought they were going to be. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and the, the reason for having Matt, you know, TJ, Matt, and I just kind of sitting here reminiscing, doing our thing. It's, it's, kind of cool because as we speak today uh january 2024 matt's uh managing for the baltimore orioles now and and i laugh i think it's, it's bad wording but I, I just think it's cute how you know my little grinder he's coming out he's always trying to work hard he's getting bigger you know trying to run faster doing his thing and and here we are in 2024 and you know he's managing one of the minor league teams for the Baltimore Orioles. So I would say his uh, baseball expertise is probably tenfold as, as, as we're going back, you know, looking at it. And, uh, you know, try, we're trying to word this in the proper way. But as you've listened to maybe some of the other episodes, it's not politically correct or maybe not grammar friendly at some point <laughs> sometimes. But, uh, but talking about with Matt, so, and it's important that, that you guys hear this because Matt goes to his high school and now it's time to go to college. And for, you know, Matt was a, you know, top kid, top GPA kid. You know, he's up in the upper portion of his class ranking. Um, for the parents who don't know that, your kid will be ranked. You know, um, if you go to Stockdale, there's a real good chance your kid's not in the top 10, 20 or 30. But uh, so Matt leaves and he goes to college. And where'd you go? I went to uh, Chapman University down in Orange County, uh, a small academic division three. Um, and I ended up choosing there because academically at Stockdale, I did very well. I worked really hard in the classroom. Um, at the time, I thought it was a, a good fit. I'd get a, a great education, get to play a little baseball. They were uh, one of the top D3 teams in the country constantly going to the world series. Um, and, and I, I thought it would be the best fit for me and fit my academic needs as I pretty much realized uh, when I was a senior in high school, that I was probably not going to be a major league baseball player. So I kind of shifted more to, can I get to play baseball, but can I also really set myself up academically and professionally in the future? And Matt Lancet, he, he went there his freshman year and he excelled. He really did. He had a great freshman year. And from, from Bob speaking, it was one of those things where 
I, I knew Matt wasn't going to be a big leaguer per se, but I really thought he was, I don't want to disrespect, but he was better than a D3 kid. He really was. He just needed that opportunity. He needed that time to grow. Um, the biggest thing that Matt took into the game was he had an understanding of the game. And for, for the kids that don't get to play, like in Matt's experiences, when they don't get to play on their high school team, I really stress to them to observe. Like observe, be a really good teammate. Figure out why. Like, why am I not playing? Oh, I get it. I don't run as fast as those other guys, or I'm not as aggressive as those other guys are. You know, I'm trying to do this stuff, sound mechanics and all this other stuff. And then you realize, you know, it's just being aggressive and attacking something. And so Matt goes to Chapman and and you just have to you gotta know Matt. And and his dad is Dave Packer, one of the best human beings in Kern County. You know, they're very academic people. And Matt goes to Chapman and then Matt decides after his freshman year, I'm I'm bouncing, I'm going to a junior college. How'd that sit at home? <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a hard decision to make. Um, I kind of realized when I was there that maybe as far as the academics went, I was didn't really know what I wanted to do still, which I, you know, 18, 19, even 31 now, I still don't know what I want to do at times. Exactly. Yes. And so to make that decision and say, this is what I'm going to do, um, it, it just didn't really fit for me what I was studying there. And then uh, baseball wise, got to see what it looked like. And I finally kind of grew and got bigger and stronger and faster and realized like, man, I, I, I'm I can, pretty good. I can, yeah, maybe play it. Okay. I can yeah. maybe play at a different level. And so before I could tell my mom, I had to do research and I had to find schools that had the, the uh, academic program that I wanted to do. And I kind of had to explain to her why. And when it came down to it, um, I couldn't get into the schools in time because it was too late in the summer. And so the next best option for me was to go to junior college, which coming out of high school, I never even thought about junior college because in my thoughts as an 18 year old student was, I wouldn't have worked so hard to go to junior college, which isn't fair. Both my parents attended Bakersfield college and have been very successful with their business. Um, and so once we kind of figured everything out, uh, I called Vince Mayoko at Taft College, um, and he gave me an opportunity to play right away. Got me in the class like two weeks before uh, the semester was supposed to start, and it was the best thing that could have ever happened. I got to be at home. I got to play every day for, for Taft and for Vince, and really just got to focus on what I needed to do to be a better baseball player. And at the time, that was to continue to a, get reps, but B, I was just still not quite there physically. I needed to get stronger. I needed to get faster. Um, and it really propelled me into uh, being a Division One baseball player, which if you would have told me when I was a junior or senior in high school, I would have laughed at you that I would have been playing Division One baseball. You know, we laugh about it. It's funny because uh, Matt and I have talked about this years ago when he was younger, but it was it was cute how Matt would come back and go, man, I saw so-and-so or I saw so-and-so and they were like, dude, I knew you were going to make it. I knew, I knew you were going to remember those times. Yeah. I knew you were going to have a chance. And he's just looking at him going, well, then why didn't you let me play? Like if you knew I was going to make it, like, you know, and it goes from this, this D3 journey for the parents to understand when you go to a division three, there are no athletic scholarships. It's all academic. So a, it's not easy to get them because the competition, the schools are smaller and the applicants are more. 
and then you try to take in your athletic ability and do the things that you try to do with it and and it ends up being around you know you're around a lot of smart kids doing your stuff and when matt had decided he was going to go it was kind of funny you know when he decided he was going to take that junior college route and like i've said on other episodes you know i have some good friends that are you know one was a doctor and he went to a junior college like there's there's i don't i don't understand the What's the, the, word the, stigma, stigma? Yeah. the stigma behind junior colleges. Both my parents went to junior colleges. Yeah. it's the, and your My parents dad's a are, professor and my mom's a physical therapist. Right. Your mom's a physical therapist and your dad's a professor a professor in college. And it's not um, sometimes, and it's not even a mature thing. Because Matt, you know, in the, I mean, I don't even know the hundreds of kids that have played with us, but he's definitely in the upper end of the maturity level of our kids that came through our program. And uh, so it wasn't, you know, not like not being mature enough or you know, any of those things. So Matt went on and it was awesome because he went to Miami, Ohio. So for the people that don't know, I'm a huge Miami, Ohio guy for the simple fact Ben Roethlisberger, me being a Steelers fan, was a Miami, Ohio kid. And, and not to get off topic, but it's kind of cool. If you go look at stories on guys. Ben Roethlisberger, I did not know when the Steelers drafted him, the 11th pick overall in the 04 draft. That's how deep I get into this. Okay, It was funny because my dad and I watched the draft every year together, and we watch all Steelers games together. And when they drafted Ben Roethlisberger, I'm like, who? Like, what? And I, I lost it. I was just like, who is this guy? Miami, Ohio, what the heck? Like, who are they? You know, just laughing. And uh, not laughing, but laughing now. <clears throat> and... Uh, it was funny. I went back and looked. Ben Roethlisberger was actually a top recruit in college, and he had committed to Florida State. And he blew his knee out his senior year in a football game towards the end of the season. I don't know if it was state playoffs or whatever in Ohio. He's from Ohio. And uh, he, he had a knee injury, and he ends up pulling out of Florida State. Bobby Bowden was the coach. Florida State was the Alabama at the time, at that time. And uh, – he uh, he ends up pulling out and going to Miami, Ohio. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then when the draft ended back in those days, it was a two-day thing. Bill Parcells, a big tuna, they did an interview with him. And they said, who had the best draft? He said, oh, the Steelers by far. Ben Roethlisberger is like the steal of the draft. And now I'm thinking, oh, this is awesome. You know, so now here's Matt. I was so excited. Matt goes to Miami, Ohio. I don't think he was there for three weeks. And I get a shirt in the mail. That says Miami, Ohio, Red Hog. And I wore, I'm telling you, I wore that thing out. It was, I was like a kid. Kid getting up. You know, they sleep with their glove or bat. Oh. And it, it's funny that your thoughts about Miami, Ohio, when, you know, part of the reason you come and play for Bob is that he has immense connections to college baseball. And he's honest with you about your, your level of play and where you think you can play. And when I wanted to transfer, um, I gave him a list of schools and because I wanted to be a, a sport management, sport leadership uh, degree, most of those were started in Ohio and I gave him a list of schools and Miami actually wasn't on the list. Um, the main school was Ohio University, which is Miami's rival. And I remember Bob coming to me and saying, hey, hey, Miami, they, they want you to send your transcripts. And I'm like, oh, I, I cannot play at Miami. And he's like, no, Miami, Ohio. And just like you talked about with Ben Roethlisberger being drafted, I'm like, I have no idea what that is, but like, let's roll with it. And as I did my research and about like three days into doing my research, I'm like, this is the place. Like, I can't wait to go take a visit and go look at this place. And 
it, you know, everything works out. And like Bob said, after three weeks of being there, I was so happy that he called the school and that the coach gave me the opportunity. And uh, it was the best decision that I ever made. So while my journey was maybe different than others and maybe a little bit challenging at times, and I didn't know what was going to ever happen, being not the best player in high school prepared me for making that decision to come to junior college and continue to work. And it got me to where I never thought I'd be. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. That's what makes it cool. You, you get to go, as we said in the past, or TJ and I were talking how I tell the boys all the time. I know it's hard for us parents. We want to be around our kids and do our stuff, but it's like, you can always come home. Home hasn't changed at all. Mom's still cooking with the same pots and pans and, you know, same washer. We, and we just we just bought my parents some new pots and pans. Yeah. They, so so it's like coming home. It's it's uh, from a parental standpoint, it's pretty neat when your kids come home and and maybe got a little different hairdo and maybe got a little different you know pair of shoes on and and you're looking at them, but it's the same at heart at the core. It's the same little boy that you know, still today. Matt, how old are you now? 31. 30, 31 years old. He's married. You know, he's, he's got a beautiful wife. They've got a great family on both ends of it. And it's funny because he's always out. It, it's, it's just, he's my little boy. It's the same like TJ. My boy TJ is a professor at Cal State. That means absolutely nothing to me. That's not, he's, he's my, they're my little 14 year old boys wondering why they struck out with bases loaded and they're over there upset in the dugout. And I walk up and then they're like, why did I strike out? And I'm like, you never even swung. I don't even know what to tell you. <laughs> Like, you don't swing, and so it's it's awesome hearing our boys' experiences, you know, going through. And so Matt goes to Miami, Ohio, which we didn't even know those two went together. Miami, Florida, we, we got that, but we went over Miami, Ohio, and we go through. And uh, the neat part was his coach, Simon Dan, was left Miami, Ohio, and ends up in um, the middle letters. He goes to uh, the IMG Academy IMG. to be the director yeah. of baseball there. And uh, yeah, it, it sucked at the time losing the person that recruited you. But again, how weirdly things work out, it actually benefited me and, and kind of jump-started my career now. Yeah, your coaching career. Yeah. So Simon's who's an awesome guy, just, just a great dude, ends up going to Florida and runs this IMG Academy, which we're in Bakersfield. We don't even know what that means, so we're not even going to worry about it. But but he goes to this IMG, and next thing you know, Matt's in Florida. Yeah. Yeah, I needed a, uh internship to uh, complete my degree. And between my junior and senior year, I reached out to him, and uh, he was like, ah, we don't really do internships, but if you want, like, I'll, I'll hire you as a summer baseball coach for us and, you know, come on down here. Okay, I don't really – want to be a baseball coach, but I, I want to work in athletics. So I'll get my foot in the door and, you know, go down to Florida as a, going to be a senior in college, like not a bad gig and go down there and I'm there for the entire summer and kind of start to like being on the baseball field all the time. Had some really good mentors there that kind of pushed me to continue to look at this again, uh, being a baseball coach after I graduate. And so go back to Miami for my senior year. Uh, work in the athletic department, which is what I thought I wanted to do. Um, and just kind of realized like, you know, this is fun, but I miss being on the field 
So I'm going to go back down to competitive aspect. Yeah. And just being around the guys every day. And so I was, I'm going to go back down to IMG and I'm just going to just take this risk and see what happens. And, um, again, was back down with the same coaches and, um, they all gave me every opportunity to learn and to fail and to apply different ideas. And I had a, a coach there, uh, Nolan Nyman, who was like, Hey, my, my dad's a division three head coach and he's looking for assistance. You know, I know you maybe want to be down here, but I think it'd be great for you to go there. And I said, okay. So his dad calls me up, Tim, Tim Nyman calls me up and interviews me and, uh, calls me back about a couple of days later and he's like, Hey, I got this grad assistant job for you. I'm like, okay, what, what's that entail? He goes, well, we'll pay for your masters and get you a baseball coach. Sign me up. I'm in. And again, at this time, I'm still thinking, I, I want to work in athletic department, so I'll get my MBA and we'll see where it goes. And sure enough, MBA was great, but the baseball was, was much more fun. And, and I had a great time there and got to learn under Tim, who's, you know, one of the all-time Division Three winningest coaches, and I, he's still still going, and um, never had a losing season in thirty plus years. So to be able to get my first coaching job under him and kind of learn and go from there, it was it was great. And so um, those people at IMG always hold a, a special place for me, and they're the ones who really pushed me to consider this coaching career. And then uh, let people know that school was in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, the Sales University in Pennsylvania, uh, small Division Three little Catholic school, um, really good baseball program, great academics, beautiful little campus. So in the Lehigh Valley, so it's a little bit outside of Philadelphia. Super warm in the, in the winter. Yeah, I thought, I thought I was <laughs> going from Florida. Yeah, yeah, when I when I came from, you know, Ohio, I thought, okay, I'm done with the, the cold. And uh, my first winter there happened to be one of the worst winters of all time. And I, of think, course. I, I think I saw the picture of my car with snow all the way on top and I drive an SUV. So it was, yeah. it was quite a bit of snow. And, um, you know, after that, after the, my two years there, I was like, I'm, I'm done with the cold. And that didn't really last very long either. Yeah. And then, so he finishes at the cells, gets his masters. Next thing you know, he's at one of the top D2 schools in, in the country. Yeah. I decided to go, uh, even farther East and North and go to Connecticut, um, and work at post university D2, um, a little bit outside of new Haven. Um, head coach there, Ray Ricker, became one of my best friends and really just let me get to do whatever I, I wanted. Said, you you run the hitters, you go do the recruiting, I'll send you everywhere. And man, it was just a great opportunity to really figure everything out and just to see what, you know if I was going to make this a, a career or was it a hobby. And uh, luckily, I still had the Bakersfield ties and I think I ended up recruiting like seven, eight California kids. And that's where I wanted to go with that. Yeah. It, it, it's funny because, uh, I had never heard of post. I don't think TJ, have you ever heard of post? I heard of post when everybody said that Packer was going to post. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean. We, we were all familiar with post once we heard. And the funny part is, um, it's in Waterbury, Connecticut. I know that for sure. Cause that's where happy Gilmore Waterbury, open. Waterbury <laughs> open. And that's the only reason I remember it still today. And, uh, Rickard's a coach there brings Matt in, and the next thing you know, we have this pipeline going from Bakersfield, California to Waterbury, Connecticut. Never been there. Don't know. I'm 100% sure it's cold in the winter. And and the great part about it was the boys that we sent over there were all successful. 
every one of them. And and when I say successful, I mean, you know, we've got a boy that's a higher patrolman. Um, we got Division a boy one coach. coaching, yeah, coaching in Division One baseball. Um, it, it's just it it just goes on to where you know the boys. It's not a not a major league career, but it's a definitely major league career, just not in baseball. Yeah, yeah, and in, in that post, you know, I I played at played or coached at every level now except for NAIA, and the difference between Division two and Division three is that I was able to offer scholarships, and we had more practice time, and being able to have more practice time was a real selling point to some of these kids because they were able to continue what they were doing here and come to a program that was going to allow them to develop. That's what we prided ourselves on at post. We had 500 students maybe on campus with five buildings. And so it, it was a way to get these kids in, give them an opportunity to be the best baseball player they could be, whether that was a chance at the draft or just become a professional outside of it. And academically, it was a fit for, for some of these kids where they were able to be successful in the classroom and get their degree and really get a majority, if not all of it paid for, which was probably the coolest feeling for me was seeing these kids who financially needed the help. And we got them out there. Maybe they, most times they didn't want to at first, eventually we were the last one standing and they, they ended up coming out. And when they graduated with their degree with minimal money out of their pockets, that, that was, yeah, that was really, really important. Thousand in debt and Correct. It's crazy numbers that I see you know, these kids get through this, this debt that they have. And it's, it's neat because uh, just being on this end of it, you know, being the, 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 the guy who got to watch these boys go, go through their journey and stuff. It was, you know, doing my own research, Miami, Ohio, Sean McVay. There's so many guys in sports, guys that are GMs and baseball guys that are assistant GMs, guys that are fo- Miami, Ohio, it's like the football capital of the NFL. <laughs> You're just like cradle of coaches, huh? It's called the cradle of coaches. Yeah, is that what they call it? Yeah. The cradle of coaches. And so, so they go through this Miami Ohio, and I'm like, what the heck? I've never heard of it. And then Matt ends up at Post University, and then I go do a little research on Post. Well, it's a criminology. Yeah, it has uh, a it has a great uh, criminal justice program. criminal justice. That's yeah. what I'm mean. criminal justice program. And I go look and an abundance, a high percentage of people that work for the FBI, Secret Service, you know, influential people, you know, in the criminal justice world, all graduated from posts. And I'm like, what the heck, man? I've never even, you know. Yeah. And then I think the other part on the baseball side that was really cool is that this post is, like I said, it's small. It's mainly an online school. Um it's, it's trending more towards that with everything that's gone on. And we had in three semesters, our three coaches move on to professional baseball. Yes. And one is a pitching coordinator. Another one is a assistant complex coordinator. And then, you know, myself with the Orioles. And it's, it's really cool just to see the development of our players, but also of our, our coaches yeah. as well. Now, as we, uh, go ahead, teach. you're good. No, I'm just thinking back, like you, you're, gone through this entire process and now you're you're working at the highest level of baseball what would you tell high school matt packard now that you know all of this uh that that's a good question i would tell him that the game is really hard and that you're probably just going to be okay at it 
And especially being yeah. at this highest level now, I really see how hard the game is. It goes really quickly. It's really hard to make it to a professional team, let alone to stick with one. And looking back as a high school kid thinking, ah, man, it'd be awesome to get drafted. I probably really didn't ever have a chance. Um, it was nice to have that dream. And that was the, the carrot on the stick with baseball is that you can kind of have that dream as a young baseball player, but it's really hard. And just to enjoy every part of it, the failures and, and the good times, because the failures is what actually uh, makes you better. It's a game of failure. hundred <clears throat> percent. Those are, uh, and it's kind of funny. Teach, Teach and I were talking earlier. We were talking about going back to what we said on a earlier episode is, you know, the unlearning curve. And it, it's taking that unlearning process. Like I said before, when we get kids at 16, 17, 18 years old, it's almost too late. And because they played so much baseball, um, I had a dad tell me last week we were visiting, and I might have brought it up already, but. He's got a 10-year-old son who's 10. Is he good? Yeah, he's good. He's 10. Like, you know, it's not bad. He's 10. And he was telling me about how, you know, he plays travel ball. He does all his other stuff. From January to August, they are scheduled to play in 17 tournaments. And we were discussing before we uh, went on air here about how um, kids just play now. There's no practices. And Matt was bringing up, you know, about how, that was a big thing. Like we would always practice, we do stuff, but these, they just go play in these tournaments and it's not, there's no direction. And, and maybe that's kind of good because sometimes the direction maybe is not proper. I mean, I don't know if that's the right word, but it's. Yeah. But, uh, the, the practice and the learning is just where the, you can really make strides. Playing games is great because you can learn from your mistakes in the games, but then being able to apply those mistakes. Um, without that, I we I wouldn't have had the little bit of a career that I had being able to do that stuff. And um, kind of going back to, to TJ's question about what would you tell high school is just you got to be okay with being uncomfortable because this game is really hard. And I wasn't, I, I struggled with that. I wanted to be perfect and that's just non-existent. And when these kids go to these tournaments, it seems like they always get a trophy. It tells them how good they are, and they've got all these different things. And um, it just—it's—it's it's not that way. It's and it's really hard to see how hard the game is until you're out of it. Do you see that transition from kids going to high school to when you were like at post, like the, how the kids operate coming in to how they operate leaving? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you really see the older group, I'm sure you do, you know, they really are very deliberate in the work they do and they maybe work smarter and maybe sometimes not as hard because they know what they need to do. And they realize like, I went over three today. It's okay. But those freshmen, they put everything, they put their whole life on the line. And if they go over three, they don't know that college baseball is different than high school baseball. And I think Bob used to always say it like, that one person who always get, used to get you out in high school, well, yeah, now that one person is pitching into you every time. And so it's really hard for them, and it's it's like life or death at times to them. And they go through it, and they realize, like, oh, this game's really hard, and I'm going to get my opportunities. And when I get them, I 
got to make the most of them and I got to learn from the opportunities I failed in. Yeah, because they only get so many opportunities when they're just playing games all the time. You only get so many opportunities in a game as opposed to in college baseball, you're practicing, you're getting reps on reps on reps on reps, which means failures on failures on failures on failures that you have to deal with. Exactly. We, we talk about, you know, you don't want in our practice, we don't want you to show that you're proving to us that you can do the skill. We want you to show us that you're improving on the skill. This episode of the Covering All Bases podcast is brought to you by Moffitt Training Systems. Moffitt Training Systems is an online strength and conditioning service that delivers the highest quality strength and conditioning programs to enhance the physical development of baseball and softball players. Training is delivered directly to you right on your phone. Check out Moffitt Training Systems today and get started and take your game to the next level with the best physical development out there. And so that's going to lead to a lot of non-successful reps that's yeah. good it's a, cha- it's a change it's a change in mindset repeat what you just said uh we from a coach's standpoint in in practice when you fail we look at that as a as a good thing because we don't want you to prove to us that you're or we don't want you to show us that you are uh proving to us that you can do the rep we want you to show us that you are improving on the failures we want actually not that high of success rate during practice yeah don't don't show me how good you are show me how good you're getting mm-hmm, exactly. what, are, what are you able to change what are you able to adjust and learn from each rep exactly it's a change in mindset that'll it changes how you perceive failure for the kids exactly we are our coaches are really good at what they do and in their practice designs they're actually looking to create failure than 100 success and it's really hard for kids to understand that. But once they do, you can just see the light go on and they just love practice that much more. You see that also at the professional level? Yes. Yeah. yeah. You see it it's immense. It's, it's, as we said on earlier episodes, there's that unlearning curve. You know, there's, there, you might learn to play. And that's, where, that's probably where I struggle the most with it is that you go learn, you know, throw the ball to the cutoff guy. And you're like, the cutoff guy's 10 yards away. And we're trying to get our kids to throw the ball to the base. And the cutoff guy's not even close to online. And they'll still throw it to that guy because it's been hammered in their head since T-ball. You know, throw it to the closest person that's your cutoff guy. And it goes back to what we had said. I never even shared this with Matt. I, I, I always come up with some little saying or something for each season, even when you were a kid, you know, fall and spring and summer. We come up with these little sayings. And I've been telling the boys, everybody figures it out. Everybody figures it out eventually. It's only three to five percent that figure it out while they're in it. You know, it's the other ninety-five to ninety-seven percent. I think most dads listening to this, I, I would wager ninety percent of the dads listening to this episode have figured it out. Now you're trying to figure out how to communicate it to your kid. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now there becomes another figuring out process and and you know, like trying to stress to the parents, I didn't listen to my dad. and I know Matt didn't listen to his and I know TJ didn't listen to his. And uh, so, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, parents try to get the easier road, the smoother paved road. And sometimes you just have to understand, sometimes we just need a road with speed bumps on it all the time. And it just slows us down a little bit and gives us a little time to, be aware of what we're doing. And I really like that. I don't want to see you prove to me 
that you can do this. I want to see you improve. And yeah. that will be something probably this spring. Yeah, I'm telling you right now, yeah, it's probably going to be. That's going to be that one of our major sad. emphasis. Yeah, that'll be one of our major emphasis. And I will share that with the boys. And when you see them start to do that, it's just, they start to have more fun. Oh, for sure. It. No, it makes perfect sense. Uh, the hardest thing is wording it. Yeah. Wording it to the boys where it makes sense to them because they just want success. But that actually creates success. For sure. It takes the failure and makes the failure a success. They don't want to process. something they can control. You know, they don't want to process. They want, oh, I'll fix it on Thursday. You're like, oh, no, you'll fix no. it on Thursday in 2027. Exactly. You know, you're not fixing it now. But if we, if we can see some improvement, then we go. I like that. I like it a lot. That should go yeah. for the same for your kids in school. Show me that you're improving. Mm -hmm. That just yeah. means doing homework. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's, I just talked to a parent today. You know, their kids struggling in school. Not a big deal. I'm surrounded by a bunch of 4.5s. I mean, not being one of them. Yeah. You know? My, uh, I live by the motto, my uh, ERA had to be better than my GPA, so I had some, <laughs> some really focused outings where I needed to. It didn't always work out that way, yeah. but, uh, yeah. but, but, you know, getting that to the, just homework once, once a week, you know, and I, I just never thought of wording it that way. If I see you doing homework once a week, I know you're improving. Yeah, it's better than doing it zero you know, times a week. That's what I mean. Yeah. It just just start. You just start with that basic change. hour. We talk change. about with hitting with the boys. We're at a level, and that's at a different level to where the boys. But even then, the funny part is, is Matt teaches 20, 22-year-old young men to play baseball. And I I would, I'm going to guess, Matty, I don't know, 40% of the time, it's like you're talking to a 14-year-old. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, and people don't realize that. And the kid's got a million dollars in the bank. And you're looking at them going, like, where did you learn this stuff? There was, um, I'll share with you. I, I went and spoke with a baseball team. And they happened to have uh, a number of uh, Latin players on their team. And uh, we were sitting there talking. And I just brought up. I said, how many of the Latin guys struggle bunting? And they all raised their hand. And I said, that's because that's not something they stress over there. That's not, we're talking about swinging hard and throwing hard and doing all the other stuff. So in turn, if those kids are infielders, I asked, raise your hand. There was four of them. And uh, I said, let me guess, you struggle with bunt defenses. And they were like, we don't even know bunt defenses. And the coach was like, wow, like I didn't process that. I didn't, if you don't even know how to butt and you aren't learned to butt, I don't imagine you're, you're facing to teams that butt. Yeah, how are you going to defend it? And so when, the, and these are 18, 19, 20 year old young men and and they were taught it. You know, it's, it's just kind of the process that goes on. And to our parents, it, for me, it's like the most important thing. I can tell you who's going to go on and play I can tell you who's not going to go on and play for the most part. It's not a, it's there, there's percentages we miss on guys, but on both ends going to be super good, you know, not going to make it at all. Um, and that's, it becomes that baseball IQ and that understanding and, and guys taking it as a challenge per se, improving on exactly what you said. They're just improving as they go along, not trying to prove anything. We, we have the talk. I had it with some of the kids. Exactly what I say to the boys is, it's funny, how'd you hit today? 
and they're like, I didn't hit very good. And in their mind, they're not going to get to play at their high school. And I'm like, well, what'd you swing at? And they said, mostly poop pitches. And I'm like, the coach doesn't think you can't hit. That's not how we think. The coach thinks you don't know the difference between a ball and a strike. That's all he's thinking. This kid doesn't even know the difference between a ball and a strike. Forget hitting it. I'm not even concerned with that. It's not even, you know, so it's kind of cute when you take, you know, that that perspective and try to, you know, I don't crayon it. Yeah. You know, get, you draw it in crayon, draw it in magic marker, erasable, you know, something of that nature where everybody thinks it's high tech AI intelligence that you, you know, are looking at and you're like, no, it's just basic, simple. I'm not going to eat that anymore because it burned my mouth. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Instead of going, okay, I'll have water ready this time. <laughs> it hasn't changed no. in the 20, no. I don't even know. I started at VHS with Rob Amble and I think it was 93 you know so what is that what are we on 31 years now yeah i'm, yeah, yeah. I'm 31 i started coming out as 12 so well yeah but i opened the baseball school in 99 but i'm just saying between vhs southern idaho coming back starting the baseball school since 31 years, years. yeah, yeah it's, 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 years. i say the same thing just sometimes it's in magic marker and sometimes you know you don't have the crayons and and it's that competitive that's the one thing though that that I think people have to stress with their kids is is be competitive, be in the moment. And I we say to the boys, and we might say it every episode, I don't know, but I tell the boys it takes zero talent to give effort. And you're just playing hard, you're being competitive. And we shared, Matt doesn't know because he was gone, but you know, talking to the boys in the fall, my younger boys, I just told them this is all we're gonna do. We're gonna run fast when it's time to run, we're gonna swing hard when it's time to swing, we're gonna throw hard when it's time to throw. And then we'll evaluate after the end of the fall. If you right. do those three things, you're probably going to be okay. That's what I mean. You, we're going to evaluate your stats. I don't even, let's just do all that stuff. If I'm, if I'm struggling in class, I'm going to do 15 minutes of homework that day in that class. That's it. I don't need you to do four hours. I don't, my attention span isn't longer than 15 minutes. You know, who am I to preach to somebody about, you know, focus and attention. That's what, my favorite, you know, their parents yeah. focus. I'm like, really? Yeah. I'm not yeah. even focusing. <laughs> Going off kind of my last question with your high school, when you're working in college, you're, you're thinking back to those kids in college, what would be some advice that you would give a high school senior who's, they know they're going to a school, junior college, whatever level, what would be your best advice for them going into college? Yeah. I mean, to even like kind of back up to before that is don't close any school out you know if a school wants to talk to you or they they see something in you and when we talked about recruiting the couple california kids a lot of them didn't make the decision to come play for me like that you know i gave them a scholarship offer it wasn't like yep i'm in it was oh let me see you know and and usually that first team in that that really shows interest it's probably going to be the school that you're going to end up at because they want you yeah they want you to come play for you they see something in you and, you know, go where you're wanted and where you know you're going to develop. And obviously there's the academic piece as well, but, you know, go to what you want to get out of it. And just know that when you graduate, that there's, depending on the school, X amount of players coming in with you, X amount of players returning, and probably X amount of players now with the portal transferring yeah. in. And it's only going to get that much harder. So that summer from your senior year to, uh, going into your freshman year, 
yeah, it's supposed to be a fun summer and hang out with your friends for maybe some of the last times, but you have to really, really put in the work because you got to be ready to get, I hate to say it, like punched in the mouth when you get there as a, as a freshman. And you have to be okay with maybe not playing right away. I think a lot of kids struggle with that, just coming in thinking I'm this great. I, I made it. I made this. I got this college offer. I'm going to this school, but then that's not where your road ends. Yeah, freshman. It's it's hard to play as a freshman, especially when at any level. At any level, and now it's starting to even out a little bit. But you know, with all those those extra years kids got, you're playing against like maybe some 24, 25 year olds. Let alone just being 18 or 19 when you're normally playing against 22 year olds. So there's a physical factor as well, and that's okay. I mean, yeah, it's great to play from the start, but that's just not how it goes all the time. It's not realistic for, for most kids to no. play their freshman year, even at a junior college. Exactly. It's, it's tough, man. You've got 22-year-old yeah. guys in junior college. Yeah. I mean, we have, uh, we have you know, a couple of our kids playing now. They're playing NAIA. And one yeah. of them, you know, I'm super proud of him, but I don't want to say his name, but, I mean, he's on his way to get his Ph.D., like yeah, like yeah. he's yeah. he's, he's, been there he's a got lot. a year. Of, so, yeah, but he's 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 worked it out to where, you know, there's a lot of schools out there. It's it's it's. I, I get, and I'm I'm gonna use the word frustrated, and it's the wrong word, but I don't, this one I don't care about. But I just get super frustrated with parents because their kids 18, 19, 20 years old, and they're like, you got to get locked in. You got to figure out what you want to do. And all the other stuff, and I challenge to parents all the time. I told, I challenged the parents. I'm trying to word this right, is that you didn't know what you wanted to do at 20, 21 years old. Why? Why? I know you were a better parent than your parents were, because that's a goal that we all have, and you boys will figure that out. And you both have it tough because you came from some quality parenting homes. So you're, you're, it's going to be rough on both of you. It's impossible. I'm just going to set that out there right now for both of you. But, but it, it's the, that thing where nobody, I had, my niece was with me the other day and Hunter Jenkins, and we were sitting in there talking. We were watching the Steelers get smacked by the Bills on Monday. And uh, we we're sitting there visiting, and one's 27, the other one's 24. And I told him, I want you to write down five things that are important to you now, and then God willing, I'll be alive when you're 40, and I promise those five things will not be on the list. I promise you. Other than, you know, I want to have a family, and I want, you know, health, and, and all the other stuff. Those are the obvious things, but they don't even. So getting the kids to understand that and just put your best effort. Put your I, – I, I'm stealing it. I'm, I said I was stealing it. Improving on what it is that you're doing, not proving improving and i'm i'm really caught on that right now that's yeah. that really was awesome to to hear that because just improve on what you do and for for my kids that are older that are chasing independent ball and trying to chase pro ball and all the other stuff i always tell them all the time don't leave any stone unturned you want to go because the reality will set in you know matthew's 31 years old married and it's like the reality setting in to where, okay, this is now he, now you have a better idea of what you're going to do, but we still don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Loving, yeah, loving your wife, loving your parents, loving your in-laws. We're just loving. That's all we're doing. Going along the way. You got lucky, you know, Dom married a, a down, you married up, you know, so you kind of, DJ did the same thing. 
you know? Yeah. DJ married up. It's just the way it goes. Yeah. We're, we're, we're fortunate to have all that. And uh, I, my wife, I feel bad for her, God forbid. But, uh, <laughs> but it's daily with her. At least you guys are still grinding. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you take and you, and, and I, I really, I think we're going to really stress that, you know, to our boys to just improve. Just get better, and we talk about that, but it's not, not in you know, those we, words. Yeah, not in those words. It's not simple that focus, right? You, you, we go around like let's get a little better every day. That could be they, so they've, broad. They have no clue what right. better means. Yeah, yeah but I'm, I'm I don't know. Yeah, Patrick, Why would they? How know? do you how do you frame better for for your athletes you're working with? Like, how do they know that they're getting better? I mean, it's honestly from failing and whatever they're doing, and then you see them go, okay. And they do it how they're supposed to. And you go, like, I call it like the, the oh shit grin. And you're like, oh shit. Like, that's what it's supposed to be. I'm sitting here with my hand raised. Yeah. And, and as soon as TJ asks that question to Matt, I raise my hand. You know what it is? It gets easier. It's easier. It's just yeah. easier. It's, it's not, it's easier. It's like when I throw a pitch, it goes where I want it to go. When I take a swing, I end up in balance and I end up, missing but i heard this boom you know and 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 it's easier and when a guy hits a ground ball i am picking the hop when a guy hits a fly ball i'm not thinking about dropping it i'm thinking about where am i going with this ball after i get it and get my body in the right position yeah. so when you when you said that question the first thing that came to me was it's just as my career like you know whatever you want to call it career went on it just things got easier they just got even the work ethic got easier. That's it. That's what yeah. we've said in the past. It's like it's like it's deliberate. I stress. Yes, I stress to to the boys. You need to be here an hour fifteen, an hour thirty, like like two hours max. But all the boys, we have some really good athletes, but they're like, I don't want to do this four or five hours a day. And I'm like, I don't even want to see you two hours a day. Like I don't even want to visually see yeah. you, a little less talk that, to that's you. That's proven to me. It's just being here for four hours a day. It's just you're just here, showing me that you're here. Yes, yeah. coming in for an hour and a half and just getting your focus work done. That's in. That's improving. That, that that yes, that's my favorite thing. I tell the parents when our pro. I love nothing more than when Alan and Christopher and Tommy and Jake, Jacob, and all the boys come in. The pro and college kids. They come in. Hunter. You know, Jay, Jalen, yeah. like everybody, they come in and it's funny because they walk in, they give everybody a greeting, the earbuds go in and they kill it for an hour, an hour and 15 minutes. Then the buds come out, they BS with the kids, they talk, they try to help, they do their thing and then they're gone. Where the other kids come in, first 10 minutes are sitting on the phone and parents don't think for one minute, I'm not saying nothing. I'm like, put the yeah. phone down and let's get our stuff done. And then they, the way it goes with the boys trying to explain, you come in here and you BS for 10 minutes and then you do good for 15. Yeah. And then you BS for 10 and then you do good for 10. And then you BS for 15 and you do good for 10. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is taking the wrong turn on stuff. And, and when they're younger, but the junior high boys are my favorite because when they come in, apparently – in junior high, you must have to sit down and not talk in class because, man, they've got a lot. Oh, they're of great at that. They're, they're great at sitting there quietly. <laughs> they've got a lot of energy. So when they when they come in out of you know junior, six, yeah. seven, middle school kind of they're bouncing six, off seven, the walls. Man, they're bouncing, and I love it. 
It's it's like my, they have my no favorite clue thing. what they're doing, but they're doing something. I love it because they just go, and and I, the parents are adorable because they're like, "Hey, pay attention!" I'm like, "He just got out of school for yeah, six hours. Just, he just had him. to. He was forced go, to pay attention. Yeah, go go meet a friend and hang out yeah. and tell everybody how cool your kids are, and then come back and get them later because we love that. Like, yeah, just drop them off and bring them because they, they can. My patients are forever with those kids, and then as they start to grow a little bit, they see it. You know, I, I learning by osmosis, you know what I mean? You watch the guys walk in and you're just like, okay, he comes in here, pipes it, you know, gets it done. And then now he can do whatever he wants. You know, smash yeah. ball. Is that what the kids play? What's that thing called? Spike ball. Spike ball. You know, they play spike. That's my favorite time of the year because there's no games or anything going yeah. on. So and the kids will play completely spike different. ball. Yeah, it's yeah. totally something different. And they actually keep your record up on the board. It's like so competitive yeah. and, and, and they need that. And it just shows you. And they, it's another way for them it. to compete. Yeah. yeah. It's another way to compete. That's not baseball. That's so it's cool. giving them a break. I mean, it's just, it really is. It's really neat. All right. So backers, like what's out of all of it, like what do you want everybody to hear from, from you being on here and being able to talk to a lot more people than you're getting the chance to talk to at working with their own kids at Ooh. all these lower levels. How can they, how can they improve? How can they get that mindset? Yeah. Um, it's really hard in this time of being in high school to college, looking back on it, I'm sure you look back on, on your, your track career. Like it, it went fast. Oh yeah. It, it goes way too fast. And when it's done, you're always missing it. And so I think the biggest thing is to wherever you're at now, no, that's not where you're going to be next year, the following year. But in order to get there, you're going to have to put in the work. You're going to have to listen to some things that you maybe don't want to hear. I used to think I was like the worst baseball player ever playing for Bob, but it, <laughs> but it, but it motivated me for sure. And I knew that if I listened to some of these things, people are saying that I'm probably don't like to hear. And I just channel that to what I know I need to get better at. It's, going to help me and I that I think you see a lot of kids who just take their time and Alan Winans you know this very deliberate in your work and know that where you're at right now isn't where you're going to be tomorrow or the next day or a year from now and so just kind of have to roll with the punches uh, as Ray Ricker likes to say everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth and exactly that's that's how baseball goes and so you have to be ready to change and to adapt and to figure out what works for you and once you find it you just have to go and crush it yeah i think that's a great one finding out what works for you and then being ready to change because alan alan will be on one of the episodes here coming up and we we're talking about alan it's 27 years old he's 28 in august and he's on. he's trying to change some stuff and it's very very frustrating for him and we had talked about it's stuff that probably should have been changed a few years ago, but you get content, even at his age, you get content doing what you're doing. And then you realize you have to go and make this change. And, and his, you know, his journey is a, is a totally like he's, he's actually this, like I say all the time, baseball was really fun until it became my house payment, my car payment, you know, all your other stuff. And then, we don't look at it as a job ever. That's not, guys don't look at it that way. Um, but it's your job. It's what you do. And it's not, uh, 
if you're fortunate enough to go to college, it definitely takes up an abundance of your time. But if you are fortunate enough to go to Pro Bowl, it takes all your time. And it's not a, you know, people don't understand. It's the way they have it set up now. I think Monday you're off every Monday. The affiliates are off every Monday. You play six games throughout the week right. against the same same team. team. It's a six-game series. You're off on Monday. And it's funny because you get to the facility at what time? Just depends. I mean, most times, you know, coaches are getting there between 10 and, and noon. Players okay, get so there let's about call noon. it 11. And you go home at what time? Well, now with the pitch clock, it's a lot better. But I get it. <laughs> before it was like midnight, one or two in the Ex morning. Exactly. That's what you're. So it's a it's a twelve to fifteen hour day. It really is, and it's not. People don't understand. You you don't call in sick. Like if you're sick, just go stand in the corner. You know, uh, injured players. I was injured one year. I still had to go in uniform. I just didn't put my sliders on and my stirrups and all the other stuff. They had pants on and they were just longer and they covered my shoes. And so, so you go through these processes and you learn, like I will be in attendance at this place. You know, if, if your kid's sick, you will be in attendance at this place. Yeah. It's a, it's like you said, it's, it's not a job, right? They don't look at it as a job, but it is, it is, you have to be there. It's accountability. And if you're not, or you, decide not to do some things you're just getting passed up yeah and that, and that goes with everything will do that yeah, and that, yeah and that they're, they're over there baseball. improving exactly you yeah. understand the other guys yeah. are over there improving you're proving me that you and don't it's care. not as important to you yeah. as it is to them and i'm watching them improve yeah and that that's not just at the pro level that's at no, that's at every level for sure 100 percent. you don't that's want a, to put in the work there's there is that's a high school level there. yep I, I i try to explain to the boys you just go out and I've heard it, I've probably heard it three times this week, and I'm already irritated with it. It's yeah, like, high school baseball just started. Right. Like, it just, no, they're like, my coach doesn't like me. I'm like, there is not a coach on the planet that doesn't like one of his kids. And if he does, he will tell him. And I don't think he will say, I don't like you. That's not how we communicate. It's not, you might irritate me, but it doesn't mean I don't like you. You know, and, and, and I, I teach her, same with my kids in school. Oh, my teacher hates me. That is an absolute lie. You know, that is an absolute lie. There's not a teacher on the planet that, that if they wouldn't teach, if they didn't like kids, you know, it's when you walked in and you weren't paying attention and you sat in the back of the room and you jerked the desk around and you did all your other stuff. And by the way, you were two minutes late and everybody, when you become distractions and that's what, yeah. You know, we said that, that, that a good piece of advice one of our kids gave to another kid was be the first kid to practice, be the last kid to leave, and don't be in a disruption in school. Period. If you do that, that's we're good. But you get it in Pro Bowl. There's those disruptions, those, those yeah. guys. And you look at them, you know they can play a little bit, or they wouldn't be there, but you're just like, you have zero, zero Someone. chance of making it Someone. with us. Yep, someone's going to pass you. Yeah, yeah. You, you have yeah. zero chance of making it with us. You might make it with somebody else, but I promise when we release you or trade you or we do something of that nature, hopefully the light comes on for you over there. That goes back to the 95, 97% of the guys figure it out after the game's over. Yeah. You know, and it's funny for me, it's like being 31 years old, playing at the level you played at, coaching at the level you coach at. If you could just go back to 15, you would take a totally different approach on it. Oh, yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. You can just take a totally different approach. And the approach that you took was good. Yeah. It wasn't that it was a bad approach. It was a very good approach. Just not, I need to be directed. You know, I wish I'd have made a better effort to run fast. We talked yeah. about earlier. Slow kids can become fast. I watch TJ do it every single day out here. I watch those kids get faster. I did not believe it. Throwing program. We do the throwing program. Kids throw harder. That doesn't mean they command better because I'm Bob's getting a little irritated. I want I need some more command because <laughs> we have some kids that are, you know, they're scratching a little bit. You know, one of our little seventeen-year-olds hit ninety-two the other day. I can't get him to understand that that is he's the best. He's the best kid in this area for sure. But he doesn't believe that. So I'm trying to part with that velo number and try to take it into. Yeah. You know, well, how can he improve? What's his? I'm so excited to talk to him today. <laughs> yeah, because I'm going to show tell him exactly what you said. Quit trying to prove what you're doing is better because you are improving. Now just trust it. Yeah, yeah. Let the process flow, man. Yeah, I, I'm serious. I have the biggest smile on my face. The boys yeah. will tell you, and I'm excited for this kid. Yeah, thanks, Becker. Oh, thank you guys. It's it's great having you on, and I think the parents and the kids will really take a lot from it. So, so thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on. It's been fun. I know we can always talk about baseball here and um, it's just nice to be back where it all started with some people it all started with. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Covering All Bases podcast. We encourage you to leave us a five-star review and share this episode with one of your teammates, one of your friends, or anyone else you know that is trying to get to the next level, whether that be baseball, softball, high school, college, or professional, we want to give the best information to those who need it. So please share it out. We look forward to talking to you again soon.